So, hi guys and welcome to an episode of Nobody Asked. Today, my guest, Birad, Birad, it's been almost two months we're trying to record this episode. We're finally here. We're finally doing this. I'm here with Basma. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so, um, if you don't know who Basma is, well, she goes by the name B. And she's on Instagram as B. Bichet. And I don't know, because I'm pronouncing it correctly. Yes, you are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so she goes on Instagram by that name. And her Instagram is like a pool of inspiration. She has, she protrudes together this calm aura. Yeah, she's just, you should go check out her Instagram. Awesome. And I will like it. And Hasib had to introduce herself instead of me talking. <laughs> you're too kind <laughs> thank you thank you so much for this um yes i uh i do go by bbshay on instagram i'm a writer and a blogger um and that's that's really it <laughs> i just try to uh i try my best to do things on instagram that yani have have meaning and would add value to people's lives because i feel like we live in a very shallow two dimensional world kada yes. shoya i try to put out content that i believe in and that is you know meaningful and see how old are you how old how old yeah i'm uh, 29 years old you look so young um, <laughs> so wait, what age, what what age would you give me um 20 Oh, I'm not even 18. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> But you're so wise and you're mature. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my friends would say otherwise, but say I do. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, same here. <laughs> no, that, but you look so 24, 25-ish. Oh, thank you. I'm turning 30 <laughs> in like a few months, so. How was your 20s? Oh, so fun. So, and and also people keep saying that your 20s are the age where you know you figure everything out and you're finally living and stuff like that yeah. um but uh, i feel like i i still have so much to figure out still and i don't feel like i'm old and i don't feel like turning 30s like uh you know yeah a whole uh, yeah i don't feel like it's depressing the way people make it feel So, All right. So, and see, so what did you do in school or in uni? Or what did you study in general? Okay, so uh, my passions have always been for the written word, anything written, and uh, the arts in general. Fafagama uh, at the uh, university, I studied um, journalism for the first two years because I believed that this was the way to make a difference and, you know, to report the news and whatever. And then I quickly realized that No, it's actually full of politics and so much corruption. And, you know, the truth isn't ever portrayed exactly as it is. And so I decided that my passions were actually towards literature. So I studied English and comparative literature at AUC with a minor in creative writing. And then I went back and studied uh, more literature and got my master's degree. And yeah. <laughs> that's what I wanted to do I was I've I've always loved writing I used to write for teen times best I wow. at some point um but I really wanted to get back into writing best I journal I journal a lot a lot a lot and what I want to do is like add my journal into like a blog because it's yeah. it's more of like I just 
like my journal is like okay so I'm gonna write a word and I'm gonna talk about this word Alcaza I have so much but it's literally impossible because I think of like seven things at once and I want to make them all happen and then I just don't get anything done yeah I I feel you journaling is like that but uh, you should 100% turn it into a blog that's kind of what I I also love love your journal prompts and I love your uh, little stories about your gratitude because I, I, you can't, like, I can't stress this enough. But I used to um, have this, like, tiny little book where I would write three points every day. Like, something I did that I was proud of. Something someone did to make me happy. It's something I did for someone else. And I, I used love to do that. it. And then I kind of stopped. I don't know why. You should but, go back. Yeah. But I love watching your stories and be like, oh, okay. I wanna... And then it gets me thinking of, like, the, what am I thankful for today? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the time habits that make, Yanni, that have the biggest impact because it's so easy to just go about our lives and go about our days, um, kid, just like letting them happen and letting them be and, you know, responding instead of actually initiating things. And then yes. I find that at the end of the day, when I think of things that I'm grateful for, that's that's kind of what gets me into, you know, a peaceful state of mind, first of all, to fall asleep. And second of all, it gives me the willpower to, to look forward to new things tomorrow because there's always something to be thankful for, always. Yes, that is true. Also, yeah. um, tell me a little bit more about you as a person. Like, what you like doing, like, aside from your uh, your writing and all of that? Um, what do I like to do? I am a very active person, always have been. So... Um, I've always had some kind of sport or activity going on in my life. Um, and whenever I go through seasons where, you know, I'm a little lazier or I'm not really into the mood, in the mood for working out or whatever, I find that that affects me negatively all around. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I try to exercise as much as possible. I love going on really long walks. Um, and I have tried to learn the guitar several times and I keep, you know, picking it up and then dropping it again. But it's something that I always go but back to. I'm... It's it's fun. It's really easy. I know how to play it because I used to play it when I was younger. But I find myself going back to it when I feel like, oh, wait, it's been so long and I haven't done this. I found myself picking it up last month. That one, I'm so rusty, <laughs> but I know how to like, it's it's really good. It's really good. I know. I feel like it, it's like meditative, just yes. learning. And I want to learn how so to play fun. the piano so bad. Hassan, it's going to be a little, little tricky. <laughs> I used to practice the guitar when I was, I mean, piano uh, when I was younger. My parents uh, made me go to the school thing of that. And it's actually quite intuitive. Like it's, it's not as hard as people make it seem. Yeah, I, like, I feel like the piano, it's like more calm and more like peaceful than the guitar. It's more peaceful on your hands as well because I play um, guitar strings and not the chords. So I pick at the string always. So it hurts my fingers. So it's yeah. just easier to like play. I don't know. Playing the piano and speaking French are two things that make me feel like... But I can't do either. I can speak French, but it's a little bit. <laughs> really? You can speak French? A little bit. Because I, I took it in school in Minoua And then um, I took it again as like a, a subject. So I can read French. I can understand it a bit. I can't speak it a bit, but like I can't like fluently. Like I can't watch any shows that in French. Yeah, same here. <laughs> we took it at school as well, and 
part of my, my master's degree actually was mainly in French philosophical literature. And so I had to read everything in translation, which sucked because I was like, I'm dying to read this in the original language that it was written. But uh, yeah, maybe one day. I downloaded I Duolingo. I, I keep downloading it and deleting it. It's insane, <laughs> actually, how many times. Okay. Um, yep, I, you're I not wanted, alone. I, <laughs> I wanted to uh, talk to Basma today because um, I don't know if she wants to. If you haven't seen her Instagram videos or aren't aware of what happened, um, there was an incident that occurred at the airport not too long ago. We're not going to get super deep into it, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about it because it will like start our conversation for today. So tell me what happened. Um, so in a nutshell, uh, in June, um, my friends and I were coming back from Lebanon and we landed at around like 9, 9.15. And then, um, or no, like we were at the customs area at 9, 9.15. And then my friend noticed that um, some... Uh, airport employee was taking a picture of me uh, with the back of my body and everything. And then long story short, things really, really escalated. And um, uh, I got to see a lot of a lot of corruption. And then after the corruption, I saw a lot of hope. And so it was just like this like roller coaster of an event uh, emotionally and also just in terms of, you know, it, the events that happened and everything that happened and stuff. Um, and I got to see how, at the end of the day, first of all, the women's movement is is certainly making a comeback. And, um, or not a comeback, I don't think it ever existed to make a comeback. Yeah. But I mean, it's like on the rise and people are starting to see that women need to be treated equally. And, you know, we need to be given the right to be able to walk down the streets or stand at a, uh, in line at the airport without fearing that you know someone's exactly. going to take something that doesn't belong to them you know and uh yeah so that's uh as women we tend to share our location call our friends if we think the uber is catchy we 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 like tell someone about it and so it's it's we say feminism because i don't think women are getting the treatment um that they deserve in our society 100 percent What's your take on feminism or what's your, like, when did you realize that we needed feminism as a society? Um, so I, I never used to consider myself as a feminist, to be very honest, uh, because I used to think that feminism was loud. That was all I could think of is feminism is loud and feminists are loud and they don't usually make a lot of sense and, you know, they can be whatever. And that's what I thought because I... I was just taking it for granted, you know, you know I, I will speak up for whenever I need to speak up and that's it. And that's, and then I realized that exactly everything that you just said, feminism is not like, it isn't a movement, first of all, um, that's, that's, that's going to suffice for a certain period of time and then we're going to be over it. I feel like as long as there is systematic unfairness and systematic corruption in our society, there's going to have to be a systematic movement that speaks against it. And you know what, what, what bothers me is that I feel like it's, it's very, very commonsensical. You know, what feminists are yeah. asking for. It's not like we're asking for 
anything you know absurd yes. out of this world it's yeah. it's just we are humans on earth in this country doing life the same way that every other person has to do like we are people we're humans and all we're asking for is to be treated as such and i feel like why why does that have to be such a dramatic <laughs> request you know what i mean yeah. but i don't know with the incident at the airport and just how people responded and how many women reached out to me sharing their stories and what i just was exposed to in a very short period of time i realized yani i just cannot be silent i cannot keep quiet there's there's no way that on an average day as i'm walking down the streets i'm going to be okay with being looked at a certain way being uh spoken to in a certain way like i'm i have no reason to put up with that anymore and i will not put up with that anymore especially now that you know new laws Uh, came out in our in our support in our defense and especially after i saw how i was able to ehud ha basically um i'm not going to i'm not going to be quiet you know and you can call me a feminist or you can call me louder you can call me whatever you want when we were little it's like oh being a feminism is you being loud it's you uh, calling for attention it's you wanting something that you shouldn't want and like I started being exposed to the media pretty early in life. So I read books, I listened to podcasts, I've I've been exposed to the movement of movement of feminism when it's actually just a basic rights. And so when I started understanding that oh we were treated differently. Like did you, okay, do you realize one thing? Like I'm going to notice how every um cuss word or everything that is Uh, you know you're attacking person it's always like you run like a girl we use uh, our female genitals as some like refer- referring to a guy if you call him uh, i don't want to cuss on the podcast but you know you get what i mean as, yes. as, as like you're weak we use our term of our female genitals as you're weak and then we exactly. use the term of their genitals mm-hmm. as like oh he's a he's a prick like oh he's a he's a guy it just means he's like arrogant that he's just too um because i was listening to this podcast episode and if you if you love listening to podcasts in general i love I'd recommend we can do hard things by glennon doyle oh i love glennon doyle me too i uh. inspiration and her podcast is just amazing so i was i was listening to an episode where she was breaking the stigma of women are catty women are gossipy and we still see like i i just saw this tiktok of this girl being like when you try to make friends with girls oh the one that wants your boyfriend oh the one that talks about you behind your back and there's this huge stigma that women hate other women and who created that men yes like it in like just how many times have you seen two women fighting or like just hating each other because of a guy oh, so many so times. many <laughs> so many so times many. so she was talking on this episode about the 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 stigma around women that they are catty that they are gossipy that people want to have guy friends more because they're less dramatic even though let me just tell you guys are way more dramatic than we are oh But, yeah they're so much more dramatic but yeah so basically she made me realize that ida every every derogatory term we use is referring to something that a female is like it's referring that a female is weak 
that a female is like she can't be what like a man is exactly and i just think i want to i want i find it so interesting that you brought the topic up of um the cuss words and referring to female genitalia as you know meaning weakness and what not when um so i find it so so interesting that uh exactly what you said the the fact that um female genitalia is is associated um with weakness when in reality yes. what on earth is stronger than a body part that that makes way for a full exactly. on human being i don't you get know? it no no there's there's i feel like it's a whole it's a whole thing that feeds into um fragile masculinity and i i struggle with this so so much because it's become so easy for me to identify fragile masculinity around me whereas before it was like okay i knew such a thing as fragile masculinity existed and i knew that certain men irked me in certain ways um yeah um men exactly quote and quote air quotes exactly um but uh, i never really put two and two together and now it's just خلاص i i i see it so clearly and i make no excuse for it like i make zero excuse for it whatsoever if you're going to be is, fragile exactly if you're going to be fragile and insecure and then let your fra- fragility and insecurity dictate how you treat me um i have nothing to prove to you and you can just leave right now we don't even need Agreed. to be you know yes. communicating and actually at the time of the airport incident fragile masculinity was one of the things that i could see the most the most is you know sense. so when we were in the room uh, with the 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 people who are supposed to be in charge of protecting civilians anyway i will not even get into that <laughs> um <laughs> alhamdulillah towards the end the entire team that was taking care of the situation changed and the people who showed up in the second half of the day were were actually great people and they're the reason why we're here today actually them and social media but um yeah. uh, but the first the first bunch of people that i came into contact with were just a bunch of fragile fragile weak men occupying really really big um positions. you know positions and sitting on big yeah. chairs and big desks and stuff only concerned that with the fact that you know there are people there seeing them kick butt you know seeing them yeah. put people in their in their place Places, seeing them put yeah. women exactly aloha they were they were trying to put me in my place when i was the one with the oh. concern like with i was the person who was wronged and yet because i'm a woman i was silenced and all that so that he could look amazing in front of his, his peers and yeah. his fellow you know and it just drove me insane it drove me insane how undermined i was simply because i was a woman yeah. and and that's kind of what the the fueling force was for me is that i was like yeah i'm not going i'm not going to let this go there's there's no way i don't yeah, even and care and that's that, that's the best thing you did yeah i mean I wouldn't I would never have imagined things to to lead where they are now or or how you know I couldn't have imagined that social media would blow up this way khalas yeah. no matter what however that just goes to show how yes. as women we're all wronged in society we're And, we're silenced we're almost always silenced when you have exactly. a concern for something the thing is when you speak up if if 
not even like on a bigger span like if it's just the span of your friends if someone wronged you in a way that you think like oh like a a man or a boy or whatever I honestly will call them boys I'm like I don't don't care Um, let's do that yeah (laughs) boys um (laughs) so when you're wronged by a guy and you voice your opinion you're like okay so you did this like if you call out a guy for what they did they'll automatically want to silence you yeah you're overstepping Exactly. No, and you're overreacting. The amount of times I've heard of, you're overreacting. I think that women get the same uh, uh, treatment as men. And I'm like, do you walk around the street holding your key, clutching your purse and holding onto your phone for dear life because you're scared that someone will either drag you to death like what happened. And we saw it. It's not like the flame. No, we saw it happen. Or like, I don't know, maybe like assault you in some way or something no you're not you're walking around the street arrogantly not giving two shits what's around you exactly no we're not treated equally and um i feel like gender roles in our society specifically our society i don't know in our society i feel like women are meant to be these this nurturing selfless and caring and the man man is supposed to just and and just you know wait for everything to be given to him on a silver spoon oh yeah like i oh, see it yeah. i see it and um the thing is when i like when i'm at a family event or something and um they start to talk about women in a way like oh what and it irks me and so i start speaking up and and my dad looks at me it's like oh not not again God, not again <laughs> Not you again. And I'm like, okay, listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yep, I, I am the you version of my family. Where <laughs> they all have to think 7,000 times before anything yeah. has is, is mentioned. Like, and I thank God I was born in a family where gender roles are so equal. And yes, I think that's same. part of my issue is that as soon as I left home. Exactly. For you a see, moment. Yes. You see I was like, wait. Outside your home. Exactly. And in Mushkila, in the people think and know, okay, it's it's normal. Yeah, I hear this from my friends, my my yani, equally educated friends who yeah. are like, yeah. you just have to deal. Yeah. I'm not gonna adapt to the fact that he is incapable of being a functional member of society. I'm not gonna first of all, I was raised in a household where Yes. I, I have seen in, with my own eyes a dad who not once did I see him treat undermine my mother in any way shape or form yes. like they are both very equal and yani, complementary of each other and it's just the most amazing thing so first of all no I don't have to settle for a fragile man exactly and appease his insecurities that's not my job mm-hmm. um second of all no like we need to stop being complacent as women just this dismissing the fact, yeah, taking it for granted that all men are like that and therefore their behavior is okay. No, yes. if all men are like that, then all men need to be, to hear that their behavior is not okay. If this is all men, yes, you know, and and it's just like, when will this? You know what really really bothers me is that my mind is occupied by so many other things. Like I have so many things that that 
interest me and things that I really think about and, and spend time writing about and things that I want to talk about, you know, that I believe will make society so much better. And instead of talking about really meaningful things that can move us forward as a society, I find myself coming back to a, a conversation that must be had, that we must have, which is feminism and or equal rights or yes. fe- women's rights, instead of khalas, understanding that this is a basic human right, let's mm. see fruit of that so that we can move forward and talk about other things that matter. The thing is, other yeah, as a society, I feel, I feel like we move one step forward, a million backwards. Oh, yeah. And yep. I feel like when I say I hate men in front of my friends, they're like, and it's like, okay, let me tell you, I know that not all men are like that. I have I have a good father. I have a good father figure. I have good family members. So I, I know not all men are like that. So why are we tolerating the men who aren't good? Why are we um, just silencing ourselves and suppressing our emotions just to please a fragile man or I'm going to say boy. Exactly. And and the thing is though that when you say things and when, when we all say things like I hate men, Akid, we're not saying every single every man on the face of this. It's just that we are saying we hate men because we live in a patriarchal society that is dominated mainly Ma- by men. By men, exactly. And mainly by men with... Exactly. And... and that is run by men with ego problems yes. that are egos that are so fragile in order for any change to happen one must be willing to identify a problem to begin with yes. and take responsibility for his part of the problem otherwise no no progress can be made about that and then nothing's going to happen unless responsibility is taken you know what I mean yes and I so. feel like Kamehameha gender roles, like as a whole, it's like if you see a married couple, it's always like, oh, I have to 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 stress this enough i hate men who can't cook or clean for themselves i can't cook i'm not saying i can cook i can't even cook but uh, know the basics the basics yeah. of making a sandwich go make your own sandwich yeah i'm, I'm speaking and... i'm like a married woman i'm not i just <laughs> from the from the perspective of things i see how they are i'm making my assumptions i'm not <laughs> No, I mean, I can tell you from uh, the place of a married woman. <laughs> yeah. um, like, it's actually funny because just the other day, my dad, was, we were kind of with, with family, friends and stuff, and we were talking. And my dad was saying that the problem is the definition of a man is skewed in society. You know, we think as men in yeah. society, in, I mean, as a society, that men yeah. are exactly. Exactly. She has to obey her husband's uh, rules and the set of rules that he put out. Whereas my dad was like, no, the true definition of a man is his ability to absorb his surroundings, his ability to absorb the ladies and make them make their happiness a priority, not his that. own. He's like, this is what defines a man. How capable are you of knowing you're not really very happy or whatever, but 
your wife's happiness is so much more important that you're willing to to dahi with compromise to make the woman happy this exactly. is this is regula michel ان انت تقعد على رجل على رجل لا Exactly. Uh, how do you think the media affects this? Because I feel like the media affects our, our portrayal of women so much. In movies, it's always the girl of telling the girl what to do. So I feel like only just lately, have you watched Leila? The second season? No. Okay, so what I loved, I really, really loved about this is Ahmad Hatim's role. He took on the role of a working dad, but he was the one, he was the caretaker. It showed that a man can clean, can cook, and take care of his child. And the woman, who didn't want to have a child anyways, she had depression and she wasn't, she wasn't capable of being a mom. So not every woman um, is capable of being a mom. The woman can be the nurturer. She can be the selfless caretaker. So what I loved is it's breaking the stigma around. What I love about her work, the, I have to kill Islam, but I can't, the lady who directs Leila Al-Aslan season one and two is she's breaking so many social stigmas that is it's like um, a guy can be a mother and a father and 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 it was something that I really loved because Hassan the media in general like as a whole it's always like the man <laughs> exactly it's it's always that's an Hassan media because إحنا, I mean we're we're pretty privileged to be educated. Um they're not as privileged to be educated on the matter as we are. But um their source of uh, what they um the word I have a brain freeze. Uh, what they're like what they Shaped can access by. is the media. Yeah. They don't have access to the podcasts or the books or the the But as a society that we are educated, our society, we still see the internal misogyny. We we still see the effects of patriarchy. We still see uh, women being treated unfairly. So my question is: You have all the resources in the world, and you have sisters you have mothers you can pretty much see that women are not treated as equally as you think they are exactly i think it's so i think it's great that you bring up the um um, the media because i feel like that really really is you see that's why i got that's why i have such passion such a, a strong passion for the arts in all its forms because i believe that art is what shapes the narrative of society so whether it's picking up a a book or watching a show or you know like watching a movie or any of that these are the kinds of things the stories and conversations and these are the things that have the power and ability to really shape our minds Mm -hmm. then I could I could know something theoretically in my mind so well but as long as I haven't seen it played out or or like I I I don't see any storyline that involves the theory that I believe or understand then it's always just going to be a theory and I'm going to be living my life a different way but I think that's so important and that's why and unfortunately because of how I take so I I take issue with a lot of Egyptian uh, media 
for for misogyny reasons for exactly and you know you know like we're not we're not spending enough time or energy perfecting the art we're just like letting you know we're we're undermining the intelligence of the audience a lot of the times and so i don't really watch a lot of egyptian or arabic tv at all but maybe i should maybe i should start so um, that i could have an opinion i feel like um Mish old um okay so there is this really old show um it's mo bint mahazat right samata uh, anwa okay uh, you should read okay so i'll tell you what to watch i'll tell you to watch that and leila a season 1 and 2 first of all leila is incredible it's incredible it's incredible it's incredible you should definitely watch it wahtali wa taqaddam it's really mm-hmm. good you should and it's pretty short but um, my friend told me about bint mahazat and it's all about this woman here once she was born it shows you her life it shows you how she married a man she didn't like it shows you how she was she had okay it's political as well as it portrays like the lives of women Hassan mm. when I watched it and then I watched it it's basically in Homa they're they're putting all the misogyny into it you are rookie in it like this is She's a middle, yeah, and she's not super privileged and she's not like homeless poor. She's mm. she's kidda, she's normal, and it shows you everything from society everything changing. And so I loved that. It because that's the point of it. And yeah. then when I watched Lila portraying that um the guy can be caring. The guy doesn't have to be a prick all the time. The guy doesn't have to be... Uh, I can't feel emotions because I'm fragile. No, خالص, relax. And watching these two help me. I feel like we have hope. We have hope for our generation. And that is with to change the media for, for us. To change the way women are being portrayed on TV. And the narrative behind everything. So you should definitely start watching. Start watching. And I'm powerful. I will. the director. I can't. But he is good. Good. Tofa. 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 I love that. I'll definitely. That's homework. My homework. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All of you guys' homework. If you haven't, go check it mm. out. Lazim. 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 Also, um, who are your role models? Huh. Women or men? Okay, um, are they people that I know or people that I don't know? Both. All right, so so I have many answers. Yes, tell me all about this. Let's see. So I look up to my mother so, so much. I don't want this to sound cliche, Yeah. but, um, but it's true, it's true. She is just such an idol to me, how... Um, how selfless and caring and giving and at the same time firm and um, principled and I love her. I love I love her aside from the fact that she's my mom. Just looking yeah. at her character and the way that she is blows me away and I just wish that I could one day live to be half of her. Um, I look up to... Um, should I only talk about women or also men? No, women or men. That's what we... Yeah, if I'm in law, there are men who we look up to, actually. We're, we're not doing this episode to hate men, blacks. Yeah, yeah. We're just... Exactly. Yeah. We're emphasizing the need in Nihna to get treated equally. Anyways, go on. <laughs> yes, agreed. <laughs> um, also, not to sound cliche, I look up to my dad insanely for his wisdom, um, his ability to 
calculate words in such a way where everything he says hits the spot. It's crazy. And I lack that wisdom big, big time. Um, so I look for, up to him. And then um, people that I don't know. So there's this lady. Gosh, I love her and I would love to meet her one day. You know, goodness, she's just incredible. Her name is Kate Bowler. Um, and she, uh, I don't know if you've heard of her before. She's Canadian. And um, she's just this like epitome of hope. And at the same time, um, humanity. And at the same time, like, so, so like, just brief story. She got uh, diagnosed with stage four cancer six years ago, and she was told she only has one year to live. And I mean, she had to face so much pain in her life. Um, but at the same time, you listen to her and she, she has a podcast, by the way. Ooh, what's it called? And um, life happens. Wait, uh, every, I, yes, not life yeah, happens. Wait, I know. Everything happens. Yeah. It's everything happens. So, Baden on the banner, there's like for a reason. Well, for a reason is Mashtuba. Because she wants to sort of dismantle this idea that everything has to happen for a reason. And that blah, blah. Like, she's like, no, guys, re in real life, we don't always know why things happen. And that's okay. I'll check and, it out. Oh, you really should. She's just insane. Oh, she's incredible. And then I think the last person I look up to is um, my favorite author of all time who died ages ago. Uh, his name is Albert Camus. Um, he's a French philosophical author who basically saw no reason uh, for existence. There's no point in life. Nihilist. He's a nihilist. He, not 100%. I mean, he okay. did disagree with nihilism for a bit. Nihilism or however you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, um, but at the end, he found meaning. And he's like, the only meaning to life, the only way we can make life meaningful is to rebel. Because he's like, life makes no sense whatsoever. And there's so much, yeah, there's so much that um, is problematic. And, and, you know, he takes issue with so much that goes on in life. And he's like, the only way to make sense of it all is by rebelling and being the voice and living a life that is so rebellious that it speaks for itself. Yeah. And I just, I, I relate that. to that. And I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, I feel like for me, I have so, so, so many. It's insane because Anna, Anna Schoch's, I, I take something from everyone. Yeah. So is that on this podcast? Every conversation I have with someone, I learn something new. I, I take an inspiration from Masan and the way they live, the way they do something. So of course, besides my parents, I love both of them to death and I look up to them so, so much. But other than that, um, so Glennon Doyle. Oh, has changed my entire life. Her, have you read Untamed? No, but it's I, it's on my net, on my list. You need to. It it this book literally changed my entire life. Dying, my entire perspective. And the podcast is even ten times better. Her podcast is called um, "We Can Do Hard Things." Come on, you need to take notes because we're saying so many names. You, you need to check <laughs> all of this out. Anyways, that's Untamed, um, and the podcast's name is "We Can Do Hard Things." Mm -hmm. And the whole point of it is she discusses a topic with her wife, uh, Abby, and her sister, Amanda. And they discuss topics in a way, and they're both completely... And so you get to see things with such a new perspective, and it makes you think about your life. I was listening to an episode about conflict, 
how you deal with conflict with people and alone. And I was listening to another one about anxiety because I suffer from anxiety. And so um, listening that Ida, I'm not alone. Like I could be sitting and I, I suffer from, from like anxiety low to the point where I could be sitting I'm like, okay, what? We're all going to die. And it's like she was, she touched on that and has it either. So the way she talks, the way she's so well spoken, the way she's calm, I love that, and I would love, love to meet her one day. I feel like she, like at this moment, she's probably my biggest inspiration. I can't think of anyone at the moment her. maybe because mm. I was just like finishing up an episode. But get the get, she's insane. She's absolutely insane. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, you should check out this other podcast, Bordeaux. It's it's my favorite podcast of all time. It's my on being. Mm-hmm. Uh, by and who? Krista Tippett. Mm-hmm. And uh, Krista Tippett is like, she's, you know, she's been a journalist. And, and it's just the most amazing podcast ever. It tackles such important topics in life. And so Krista Tippett interviewed uh, Glennon Doyle and her wife, Abby. And I got to witness like, just two phenomenal women Insane. speaking to being interviewed by a phenomenal woman yes. and and it was just amazing so I I feel like when I say Glennon Doyle Asha and her marriage and the fact that she is um like she's gay um uh, but it's it's so like it's like she has a wife she's she has, it's not like it's our standard yeah. but even though um like, I don't have any opinion on her personal life. But I feel like these are two women. These are two very powerful women. And I don't care what their relationship with each other is. But get there, there is such a huge inspiration. Like, I feel like no matter what you think about their personal life, what they say is important. What they have to say, Benizbeli, is super, super important. And I would recommend the podcast to everyone. Because it's it's insane. And I will check out both the podcasts you just talked about. Yeah, I already uh, subscribed to uh, Glenn and Doyle's yes. podcast yeah. as we were tell me, Tell me what you think when you listen to it. I will. Um, <laughs> I feel like we are coming to an end. This was a really good episode. Um, you should... Our take- my takeaway for, from this episode is we don't hate men, you guys. We just wish that we were treated as equally as men are treated in our society. Okay, so don't take this as that. Oh, we hate all men, kill all men mm-hmm. type thing. That's not the case. And I'm so, so happy that you came on. Alhamdulillah, I've had a long, 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 long time of yes. trying to organize this episode. <laughs> this feels like a whew, kind of moment. Yeah. Um, what's one thing you would like to tell uh, the listeners? Oh, I would. The one thing I would love to tell every single human being in this generation is <laughs> take time away from an audience take time away from a screen to to look inside yourself to examine your thoughts to understand what ticks you off what makes you happy what gives you life look within yourself um whether it's by journaling or just by going on a walk alone or by disconnecting for a day or make that a habit so that we can be a better society so that we can be a better generation and make better generations to come and, you know, I self-awareness. Love I love that. <laughs> uh, also, Lily, where uh, the listeners can find you on your blog and your Instagram and all of that. Um, so on Instagram, it's bibishay, B-E-E-B-I-S-H-A-Y. And then my blog is bibishay.com as well. 
and uh, I try to be as consistent as possible. Check out her blog, it radiates so much like good energy. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, I'm really, really happy uh, with this episode, and hopefully, you'll come back another day to talk about another topic. Yes, let's do that. (laughs) Thank you (laughs) you so much for having me. Thank you, thank you. Okay.